Hey guys, Baltic Dragon here. Before we roll the tape, just wanted to apologize for the um, technical issues we had during this interview. All the recordings in separate tracks were just, uh, well, didn't work. So we had to edit uh, from a single track. That's why you'll have some background noise, someone tapping away happily on the keyboard. keyboard. And yeah, but I think it shouldn't be too bad. So enjoy this one because it's pretty interesting. Welcome to the Air Combat Simulation Podcast, brought to you by BBR Productions. Together with content creators, mission builders, experts, and enthusiasts, we explore the comprehensive world of combat aircraft simulation. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 18 of Air Combat Simulation Podcast. And today we're going to have a look at the process of creating maps for the DCS world. Uh, and for that, who is an example of a very specific map, which is the Falklands map being developed by the Rasbam Simulations. Uh, so we have uh, some developers from Rasbam that we're going to talk today about it. Uh, and we also have a widened panel um, that and we'll probably be doing that more often uh, as of now. So apart from usual suspects, uh, we also have uh, Tricker with us, whom you know from Alert5 and his YouTube channel. Hey, Tricker. Hey, guys. Good to be back. And we also have Casmo, who is a host of the Low Level Hell podcast. Uh, hey, Casmo. Hey, guys. What's going on? And a usual suspect is uh, Goat or Rob. Hey. Hey. How's it going? And I'm Baltic Dragon. So... And with us today, we have two Erasmus developers who are working on the Falklands map. Uh, so it's uh, Clark, or Erasmus Spectre. Hey. Hey, guys. And the Reaper. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. We had a little bit of uh, technical problems here before we rolled the tape, or we tried to roll the tape a few times. I hope it will keep rolling till the end. Uh, and as, as you're listening to this, we're, we're still waiting for 2.7. I mean... As we're recording this, we're still waiting for 2.7. I hope when you listen to it, the 2.7 is already out. And we should have some nice uh, uh, screenshots from Falkland's map for you, exclusive for ACS. Uh, but before we oh, get to the main topic, can you t guys tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yourselves? Uh, how did you get to RASBAM and to developing a map for DCS? Uh, I guess I'll start. Um... So basically, I've worked in IT for 35 years, and I've always been interested in, uh, with a keen um, affinity for anything graphical. Um, back in the day, it was Maya, and then I transitioned to 3D Studio Max, then back to Maya, just making models and rendering and just, just you know, anything graphically. Um, and then I... Um, I think it was about four years ago, I started to make mods for um, um, DCS, uh, the British stuff, um, like the Scimitar and stuff like that. Um, the V2 rocket we, we did. Um, and then I was approached by um, Razbam uh, and said, uh, did I know anything about terrain? And I said, nope, <laughs> but I've got a keen interest in, uh, you know, a t technical brain sort of thing. So, um, yeah, that's, that's essentially how it's, it sort of kicked off. Um, and then I sort of, sort of working uh, through um, all the training material that ED provided um, and then uh, just basically grew my knowledge from there, really. All right. And uh, Ripper? Hi, guys. Yeah, um, me myself, I was in the Royal Navy for 14 years, uh, then joined the police as a firearms instructor, and I met Clark. Totally by accident. We were flying a virtual squadron together. Um, he mentioned the Falkland map. I told him that I'd spent about six and a half years of my life down there uh, with a couple of drafts. And we got together and just went from there. 
But do you also have some uh, skills in uh, software development? Uh, nope, no skills. All taught by Clark uh, on the vector data and just with the TDK uh, come online and it's been an evolving process from there. All right. So before we move on, um, if you could tell us, I, I know there's a specific tool that ED is giving to the map makers, so to speak, right? Yeah, it's called the Terrain Development Kit. Um, and it's a, an internal, well, a kind of an internal developed tool from, from ED, um, which you get, um, which is all fully protected by HASP keys and stuff. So you can't just get the software and run it. Um, and it you have to, well, it's it's not something, well, people have this perception of the Terrain Development Kit as being, oh yeah, I'll just say, drop some terrain in there oh, look, I've got all these objects in here. I'll have one of them, put that there. I'll have that, and I'll put that there. That's completely not how it is. Essentially, you get some example objects, and that's it. And everything else you have to make yourself. Everything. What do you mean, uh, Ms. Casmo? What, what, can you go into further into that? Like, when you say examples, like buildings well, or, or just hills? Like, yeah, yeah. Work? For for example, they give you uh, within the TDK you've got. I mean, they do provide some stuff like some of the lights, the runway lights, but you can you can mm -hmm. quite easily make your own. Um, but for for example, the buildings, you I think there's about four buildings, but they're all from the channel map, oh, not the mm -hmm. channel map, yeah, Normandy, sorry, and you can't use them because they don't fit in anything uh, apart from Normandy, if you know what I mean, 1944. Um, so. Everything you, you've seen um, with respect to pictures on the Falklands, I've actually sat there and made by hand. Oh, wow. That's textures, okay. models, UVing, um, splat maps, everything. So, so how does the Terrain Development Kit help you then? Like, what does it do for you? <clears throat> um, it, well, I mean, the process is kind of, you start with an elevation map. And it's a specific a, a specific type of ele elevation map, and mm. that is that generates uh, what they call an elevation spatial file, which is like a point cloud file. And from there, you you've also got to get OSM data for coastline, rivers, roads, lakes, and all that sort of stuff. And I don't know if you ever dealt with uh, OSM data, but when you get it, it's really not accurate at all. So, for instance, if you've got a, a curved coast that you would normally do with 50 dots, the OSM data might have one, and it'll be so jaggy, and you've actually got to spend a lot of time going refining that coast to follow the actual terrain itself. Mm. Um, so I think initially, because I, I started the project on my own because um, one of the other guys was unfortunately not, not able to do it, um, so it was just me, and I spent four months moving dots for coastline. What do you use as that... the uh, authorita authoritative source? Like, so, as you say, you know, you're moving the dots and, and you're making it your own. But what are you referencing? Um, generally, you use um, OS. Well, uh, uh, TIFF files. So you generate uh, TIFF files from Global Mapper which have geodata embedded in them. Got it. And obviously the TDK knows about geodata and how to position it on the map and stuff. And that's where you have like your, your vector data editor, uh, vector viewer, and all that sort of stuff within the editor. So um, they provide that functionality and the ability to say, they'll, they'll come up with some new technology. Like um, one, one of the things that you've seen in a few of the maps, if you look at the edge of the runway, in, in when Caucasus was first released, there would be a hard line transition or a, a very, very, oh, I don't know, it's like a, a fingery sort of mossy material there. But now, if you look in Syria map, for instance, you'll see like a, a line and it's got like dust and it makes the, the terrain blend a lot easier with hard lines. Mm -hmm. So that, that functionality is called decals. Um, and the ED have actually developed that. Now we can. There are some example decals that you get, but you can also make your own. Yeah, because I guess I thought yeah. with the TDK that it was just the set of of things that you could modify a little bit and then drop into place. But this is a whole lot of from scratch development. 
Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you've got the you've got the files there to reference if you need to reference um, stuff. But some of the some, you, know, you you made up you may up end up doing it a completely different way. I mean, just because of the way for for an example, right? Um, generally, on uh, an object that goes into the TDK, um, things use tileable textures, so they're one K tileable textures. Now, ED will generally use UV Channel Two for the um, the coverage, so you ex you scale your objects to get the right number of tiled objects on your um, on your patch of UV space. Mm -hmm. So it's up to you what you do. I mean, you could use UV channel five if you want, four, three, ten. It doesn't really matter. But I tend to try and follow the best practice, which I think that ED have already worked out, kind of thing. You know. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to ask a really dumb question because uh, I know yeah. nothing about this. So you know, online you can buy these 3D models. Is there, and, and those are not translatable at all into this universe? Is that right? Perfect. They are in the fact that they are a model, and you still got a, a ton of work to do to them because the way the way planes work in DCS, essentially, you could you could texture a plane in Substance Painter. Uh, or substance design and make materials for it and stuff like that. But bringing that into as an EDM into the sim, you would have a set of textures per you know per UV tile. The TDK doesn't work like that. It's all one K, one K or two K tileable textures generally. So your UV channels are completely different. You've got multiple UV channels. I mean, one of the models I've got UV channel two, three, four, and five. So they're all different, and they all do a different thing. So they've all got to be done for every single model that you take in. So how do you how do you plan a project like this? I mean, if we take a step a step back, and you kind of I mean, it sounds extremely complicated. It sounds like a lot of heavy lifting. How do you start a project like that, and how do you do the planning for it? Um, I mean, to be honest with you, it wasn't really planned. The, 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 the concept was planned. In other words, we decided that we were going to do the Falklands Island. Okay, so we knew the Falkland Islands. We knew where they were. We knew what they were. Um, we got the, the georeference data, no problem. We got the OSM data, no problem. And then you kind of evolve from there. So it's not something that you would learn and then, then start your project. It's kind of a learning process all the way. Got it. So it's not something that you guys mapped out and said, okay, we're going to work on the coastline. We're going to work on the hills. We're going to work on the buildings in this order. It's you kind of go with what you have and. Well, no, there, there is a, there, there is a kind of, yeah, there is a kind of process that you would do mm. um, okay. in order to get some sort of semblance of terrain in the map. You would have mm. to have spline data. You would have to have um, geo reference data. You would have to have, uh, elevation data so when you have those then you can build something and not necessarily looking good but you can build something then there comes the tweaking of all the the the, the um the vector data for the rivers the roads the lakes the the shoreline um and that takes months and i mean months i mean we're probably looking at i don't know uh, if we add all the points together throughout all of the vector data, you're probably looking in excess of one billion points. Sure. Let me jump in here because we have a special guest with us, uh, Ron from Rasbam, who's heading the Rasbam simulations. Hey, Ron. How are you doing, guys? And I'm sure Ron will be able to answer some questions we get from community that are not strictly connected with Falcons, and we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but also, if I may jump in, the question about when you look at, at building things, it's like how much of it is handcrafted, like building landmarks, etc., and how much can you generate like, procedurally or by the computer? Or is it you just start at the bottom of the map, let's say figuratively, and just move on placing and tweaking all the things that you put in there? Basically, everything you've seen uh, in the Falklands map I've made, there is no... You can't get information. You can't auto-generate anything from satellite data, from images, or whatever. Um, so it is that 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 is you know it's quite a tedious process. Not tedious, but a long-winded process. Um, a building would normally take me two to three days. 
some of the some of the more complex buildings like uh, Ushuaia Terminal. Uh, a colleague of mine modeled it for me. It took me two days to UV it and three days to texture it. So it's nothing like you can take uh, like my two six-year-old boys and enlist them as labor to do something like that, right? No, 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 no. That'd be against the law, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Not in my house. So, but certainly you can reuse the same buildings over and over. Is there kind of like a criteria of like, we want to have... X amount of buildings in the hopper that we can just use that way. Not everything looks the same, but we're not generating a new building for every single building. Um, it depends how, how you want to work really. For some of the maps they do, they do use uh, what you do call block technology um, where they, you know, they're rotating buildings and using them multi multiple times. Sure. Um, but when I started the, the map, cause I'm a, a very avid helicopter guy. Um, mm -hmm. I love anything to do with helicopters and, in the past, the helicopter experience hasn't been what I would like it to be. I wanted more detail. I wanted really, really cool textures. I wanted high definition. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so that was my aim. So I wanted to be able to fly down somewhere and, oh, look, there's a post box. Oh, look, there's somebody's washing on the line or, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, just to make it that much more visually appealing for people that, fly low level sure is it going to be like cows and sheep uh, is... we have got penguins and oh. we've got sheep <laughs> excellent that <laughs> see i asked i asked the good questions here we got penguins <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there will be some other wildlife as well but, oh my uh, goodness i'm not sure we need to go on with the penguin that is it <laughs> yeah, no, but, but, but aren't penguins used to destroy ships you can <laughs> possibly yeah. it's the it's other penguin. penguin. <laughs> <laughs> totally so is it just is it just you working on it, Spectre? This whole map? Um, I'm the lead developer on it, and I control the builds and decide what I need to farm out to other people. Um, but primarily, it's myself and Ripper. Ripper's my vector data guy, so he he does um, a lot of moving points. Um, he does testing. He does um, basically whatever I ask him to do, uh, essentially. Uh, and if he doesn't know how to do it, I'll show him how to do it. And then he's quite capable of, you know, going on and running with it until it's done kind of thing, you know. Yeah. I have uh, about four or five, six other testers as well. So with varying degrees of uh, hardware, going from uh, mid-range, low, a couple of low-end specs to a, a high-end specs. Um, so we always try and get, you know, a broad... Um, test uh, of whatever I've asked them to test kind of thing. So, Right. Can you give us like a size comparison with the Falklands compared to another map that we already have inside of DCS? Well, if we're looking at kilometers, um, we are, we've currently built a, a map which has 1.5 million kilometers squared. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> That's the biggest map so far in DCS. Wow. wow. If you were to fly from south to north, I think it took you 45 minutes, didn't it, Rip? Yeah, it was over an hour. I mean, with a Tomcat, even yeah. up at sort of 35,000 feet, I got I got to the carrier just with enough fuel to land. And that was with bags? That was with bags, yeah. Yeah. So if you were to fly, um, for example, in a, a Harrier from Rio Grande to the Falklands, uh, MPA, that would take you probably about 45 real minutes. So there's going to be some sort of um, modicum of refueling requirement going on, I think, as in so, real life. So is this um, is the map based off like uh, today's present day, or is it like based off like the '80s? It's not based off the '80s because I think that's quite restrictive. I mean, if if I based the map off off the '80s, it would be just a big field with about two hundred houses uh, and a runway that nobody could use because it wasn't long enough. Gotcha. Uh, so that would that would restrict quite a lot of the um, the aircraft that we have in in DCS now. So what I've actually done, I've in, uh, included MPA. Um, now there's a controversy whether I should have done that or not, but I think that's a good idea. But we will release at some point uh, after the initial release um, a version of the map without MPA for those hardcore. Can you tell me what MPA is? Because I have no idea what that is. Sorry, that's the Mount Pleasant uh, airfield at um, in the Falklands. Okay, it's the, the 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 runway that was built after the Falklands War. 
so yeah i mean it's 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 it's, it's a massive massive project it, the, the map is is really i mean when you fly over ushuaia and down and look at the glaciers and it's just phenomenal it really is phenomenal so can you tell me where the penguins are last question <laughs> nope <laughs> there, are some, there are some there are some unique penguins which are, that's all i'm going to say on that nice. so, so uh, <laughs> just a quick question about size um so does everybody going to need a new ssd for this or how does that you know how do you you know when you're building it it's got a you know i'm sure it's a certain size do you guys do some type of compression or how does that work? Well, the, when you build it through the TDK, the TDK essentially, you know, when you go and look in your core mods folder, you see yep. the channel or whatever, you know, you go and look in that folder, there's the structure and the, all the, the compiled files and all the clip map files and all that sort of stuff. That's essentially what the TDK does. It creates that structure for you. Um, and you using all the great stuff that ED do with their stuff, and uh, allows you to transition from what you've got to something that is kind of a flyable map. So, I mean, currently, I just I just did a backup, actually. So all of the raw content on my drive is 931 gig. So that's including all of the buildings, all of the textures, all of the substance designer files for the textures, all of the raw textures, all of the raw clip maps. Um, we, we call clip maps um, satellite data. Quite, that right? sounds a lot. It's a, ter so, know, a terabyte um, of data. Currently, the yeah, currently the map is forty gig. That's that's how much the map is now. And, and you mentioned the Rio Grande, or you, you mentioned that the continental part. Let's say it will be as detailed as the rest, or you plan to do it as some of the maps now, so you you leave some parts of it to be added on at the later stage after release. I mean, with respect to adding parts of the map, there's not really anywhere we could go with the map apart from Antarctica. Um, so, I should say a model, maybe. So you leave it less model than the Falcons themselves, let's say. I mean, the terrain will be will be um, the terrain mesh will be there. That's for the whole. It's probably about hundred miles north of Rio Gallegos, and if you draw a line straight across the map, and we've got everything below that. Um, with respect to runways and stuff, um, we have Rio Gallegos. Rio Grande and Ushuaia. Those are the three that will be released with, um, with the with the map. If I get some spare time, um, then I may look at including some other ones. But yeah, we will be adding stuff to the map. Yeah, that's 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 a definite. So when it releases, though, like so, the Persian Gulf map is always my go-to complaint of a map where you know you look at these and it's like, oh, there's a town there, and then you actually go there and there's nothing there, or it's just flat you know, picture on the ground of buildings. Um, is the Falklands, when it gets released, is, is it going to have areas that just completely aren't textured yet? Like, is it going to be somewhat of an early early access type map? Or is it, when it's done, pretty much all the towns are done? Well, at the moment, for the Falklands area, mm. um, there, wasn't, there are no pictures on the ground. Okay. Um, everything, everything is kind of there and populated. Mm. Um with respect to um, the sort of Argentinian side, the uh, Chile side, um, mm. we're, we've kind of just been able to get to that milestone where we've been able to push the TDK to a point where we've encompassed all this information. I mean, back in the day when I first started, I could build the map in 35 minutes. Mm. Now it takes me three and a half hours to generate the mesh, two hours to generate the point cloud, and then four and a half hours just to build the, the 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 you know a workable copy of the game so that just kind of gives you a little bit of scale of uh of how much we're actually including mm. but um i mean with respect to textures and stuff um the i mean what we said we we would around the mountain areas and stuff we'll enhance the textures a little bit but there won't be so much work spent down there because it's such a massive uh, undertaking but we will look at um you know improving the textures over 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 time when we got a bit more free free time to spend on it but at the mm -hmm. moment the priority is to get the the block assets done um so we then can start populating the towns for um rio grande rio gallegas and ushuaia um then there's the trees to put in we've we've started started to put the tree system in so we have probably i don't know 
we're probably going to look at about over a billion trees. We'll have to wow. go into the map. Yeah, okay. amazing numbers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ED, ED have been fantastic. I mean, currently they're working on um, a um, a version of the the, the tree which is um, super sort of tweaked um, for performance, but looks exactly the same. It's a lot of trees. Sounds like a lot of clean air, virtual <laughs> clean air. Yeah. <laughs> But speaking of that, um, have you received a know-how from ED or, I don't know, from other developers uh, who do or build maps? Is there any discussion between you and them on sharing, I don't know, information, tips, tricks, etc.? Um, we, we share we share information with ED, and if they if they if we have a problem, we'll ask them, and they'll they'll come up with a solution or tell us how to do it. Um, but with respect to integrating with other developers, that's we haven't really, we don't really know apart from Erga Media who else have got the TDK. So it's not, it's I don't think that's something you do want to promote. I don't want to take away from the, the terrain talk because this is all great stuff. But uh, for like the Harrier, do, would we expect like a Falklands campaign for the Harrier? Over to you, Baltic. <laughs> 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 Well, the plan is to have a full campaign for the Harrier, but I think it's uh, now to run because we need a different version of the Harrier for that, right? Hi, guys. Yeah, well, I already been, I already started a C Harrier, C Harrier Everest one, and right now, uh, well, the steer model is well, it's done, but it needs to be mapped and all the the great stuff to make it workable, but it's been taken back since some other important stuff have been going into my current uh, development time frame. So, what is going to happen? And yeah, the, the sea, proper sea harrier for Falcons, and I'll try to push into a proper GR3 too. But I cannot really uh, promise a GR3 uh, just after you see a sea harrier. Yeah, there so are a number of reasons. He said he promised. He, promised. <laughs> he cut out <laughs> But the plan is once we have a proper Harrier and, and some other assets, which we'll talk about in a moment, uh, I'm already in touch with some guys that know a lot about Falcons and, and the war, and I'm planning to recreate the whole, it was like, what, six days, seven days? I don't even know yet. But anyway, recreate it as, as, as closely to the real fact, to fact as possible and have a full campaign over there. Wow. Cool. That's really cool. Well, I was, I was just going to say kind of with that, with uh, on the website, I was looking earlier and it, it did talk about some other assets that are being built. So is this map going to ship with assets that kind of relate to the Falcons War or, or am I just misreading that? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll let Ripper answer that one because he, he's uh, got a bit more involved with the assets. Yeah, uh, with reference to the uh, assets wise, uh, we're going to have... A lot of with the the Royal Navy units uh, and also all the units that were in the area. So, as for example, the Royal Navy, you're going to have the Type 21s, you're going to have the Type 42s, Type 22 Batch 1, uh, County Class, Argentinian, there's the Santa Fe, uh, there's also the small Argentinian uh, patrol vessels that were there. Mm -hmm. So, as to the, the they're going to incorporate as much as we can. Okay. Yeah, also in the aircraft part of AI, uh, I'm personally working in a Sea King. And we have uh, Pukara being created. That's going to be shipped as AI for the for the map. But it's been developed as a full, full model too. And uh, also um, uh, Canberra, that will be AI too uh, from Argentina. That will be also shipped with the map. And probably, I, I don't think it would be shipped with a map or similar aircraft. I really can't talk about it, but uh, there's some developments going on currently that might make me create an A4, proper A4 for the Argentinian side. That would be an A4B, P, and Q. All right. That's amazing. This will be, be AI, but you know what? Uh, 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 that would take for quite some time, but uh, if, if, like I said, there are some developments going on right now that, that might force force me to some way to create them. 
Okay, and what about ground units or infantry? Uh, ground units, I know the uh, 105 they're doing. I know Clark was working on the um, the uniforms for the the infantry. So we just that that's still that's still being developed as we speak. I think talking from my standpoint, because you know Clark Reaper and all the Mad Open team are making amazing work. Uh, I think that right now the focus on this is to actually finish the, the map itself. All the accuracy is getting the proper uh, shorelines, uh, mounds, and, and lakes, uh, trees, everything. And then I think that the team will start voting to create what is needed for the assets that are included with the, with the map. Uh, in this way, talking about infantry and vehicles and ships and stuff. Uh, but uh, like I'm pretty sure Clark said before, uh, he's actually the guy in charge of this world project. So uh, I'm, we're, I'm actually uh, working his way. Oh, thanks, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, with respect to the, the units, we have got some of the units already. Um, but people, I think don't, people don't appreciate how much time it takes. It took me two months to get the Dumbarton Castle and the Leeds Castle into game. So that's two months of solid work. And that's just for one ship. Yeah. Normally I call them a boat, you see, but I get told off from ex-Navy boy Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no and then you, you add into that, like you said, it's space-wise, it's the, it's the biggest map. Uh, now, how much of the map is water? Like, what percentage, uh, roughly? I don't know about the percentage, um, mm. but I think... I mean, you've got to fly over um, just just the Argentinia slash Chile side takes mm. you a long time. <laughs> you know, you're probably looking at an excess of 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes to fly just across that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that equals about 69%. I mean, put it this way. You could, probably, you could probably hide two or three carrier groups in the map and never find them. I think on one of our tests, Ripper put a... A carrier group down the bottom, and we all said, "Right, we'll go and land on them." We couldn't find them. That's pretty cool. Did you enable the Tekken? Yeah. Seriously, guys. I mean, it was, it's interesting that you say about the size because when we when we first started Clark uh, with the project, the Falklands wise, I pretty much knew, but like the back of my hand because I spent a lot of time down there. Uh, but when we introduced the new the Chile Argentina side. People don't realize how beautiful that part of the world is and how big and how it's very, very easy to get disorientated, even using Modcom, Navid, stuff like that, because a lot of it looks, you think, oh, I know exactly where I am now. And you'll, you, you, you look and you think, oh, no. So it, it is, it's massive. But you could, you could certainly have di quite a few different carrier groups operating on the map, no problem. And you'd have to go looking for them. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, just just an example. One of the, the, the one of the lakes is 102 kilometers long. That's just a lake. <laughs> That's a big lake. Yeah, yeah. big lake. Good fishing. I used to fly around uh, the Patagonia and Shuaia and the Estini. Oops, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, well, I've been flying around that. It looks really amazing. Uh, so I have a question. What uh, kind of big picture? I guess why the Falklands? Like what? What of all the places on Earth caused you guys to say, hey, we want to make a map of, of the Falklands area? Yeah. Uh, when we start, when Ernest started talking with the Clark about the idea of creating a map for, for this year, uh, I had to work with the guidelines that Eagles and Amos gave me, and that's that I have to uh, choose some interesting part of the world that can be available for us to create. It's not that you go and say, I want to create this part of the world, and it's okay. No, you have to go through Eagle Dynamics uh, guidelines, and, and there is a roadmap they have, so we have to go with them. So uh, I had some choices and options, and I discussed them with Clark. And at the end of the day, we both agreed that Falcons should be, would be one of the best ways to start creating something for, for this year. Not just because it was an island, because uh, it's, it's quite complex to put something into the simulator in a level that you can say, okay, it's going to charge for this. So uh, 
we started showing the, the, the other options, and Clark said, no, I think that the Falcons should be okay. And then what starts to be just a Falcons map became the huge map it is right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I think initially for me, when I heard Falcons map, I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. You know, I figured it was just going to be the actual islands and and just the water around it. But, I mean, as you've described and as I've seen in pictures, that, you know, it is a ton of land there in, in South America as well. So, yeah, it's a, that's a huge map. I didn't realize it was that many millions of square miles. but. Um, but yeah, I guess that's interesting because then it, 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 I guess it begs the question of if that's on somebody's roadmap, you know, obviously are, are there other things? And so that kind of goes back to the conversation about what aircraft and, and, you know, what things are, are further along in the pipeline. So no, I was just going to say, and initially, um, it was just the Falkland Islands, but then we wanted to add, um, some, some of the community voiced some, uh, some concerns that they wanted some sort of coastline in there from uh, sort of Argentina um, and we, we tried we tried it and it just didn't work um, whether it was a limitation at the time I don't know but um, and then uh, I think it was probably about eight months ago uh, we tried it again and we managed we succeeded but it was kind of maybe a hundred hundred miles uh, left of Rio Gallegas that's how much we had in and I didn't like the way that the transition happened when it sort of just went into infinity so i kind of tried to push it push it and push it and that's where we are today <laughs> yeah well i think that's going to push it over the edge i think that's what's going to make it uh, a must-have map is just all of that territory and and then you know you've got some options for for player on player because like you said you've got to make that crossing from you know argentina to the islands and stuff so yeah i think that's great yeah people want well, bigger maps yeah. The main thing about having that huge uh, gap of water between the islands and the continent, and even down south in the Patagonia, is the fact that you have to learn how to uh, start managing your fuel. Yeah, uh, It's all fuel there. I mean, it's all how much fuel you can carry versus how much ordnance you can carry. It's not like I'm going to put a lot of bombs and take off and go away. No. You actually have to uh, manage your fuel and if users go by the actual kind of weather that's down there, you won't have clear skies every day. I mean, that's very uh, stormy uh, weather place. So uh, yeah. there's a lot of things that, 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 that are really, the way I see it, are really uh, at your attention to fly there. And not to mention that the whole thing looks so fabulous, not because we're development, because I mean, Clark and Tina have done an amazing job that uh, it begs for helicopter action. Even in the islands or even in, in, in the south cone of the continent, it begs for, it begs for helicopter action. I mean, uh, naval helicopter action, uh, rescue, whatever. It really does. And since it's so big, uh, and I'm talking this from my point of view, just nothing announcing or anything like that, it also opens to a new perspective of flying in DCS. Uh, you see there is a, a mod of a C-130, the Hercules. Yeah. So I think that in this map, you can actually use it as a, you know, carrying cargo around because it's mm -hmm. big enough. Not like you take a two-minute hop. I mean, you really fly <laughs> for a long time. Did, uh, so, did Ripper say he was there? Did you go there? Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, what kind of... What kind of climate can we expect? Like, I, I'm I'm pretty ignorant on it. So, what can we expect? Bloody cold. It, yeah, it's it, well, it's got it's penguins. Like a, so yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, what else? I mean, there's so much land. What can we expect? The, with reference to the climate, the Falklands is really strange because you've got sort of pure white sand beaches where you have a look at it, and you, you could be anywhere, and yet it's cold. And yet, and mm. the first time I went down, I was expecting everything to be snow. And in six years, I've seen snow twice. And mm. but the the one thing that you can't describe to people unless you've physically been there is the diversity in the terrain. You go from mountains to like marshland. You go to sort of streams, coastal areas, which. I mean, one thing that caught my eye uh, before I'd met Clark, and I remember when the Persian Gulf was released, I thought, oh, it's nice because they've got all the reefs and that uh, simulated. 
And I know me and Clark discussed it, and Clark's done an absolutely amazing job at recreating all of it. And it's a bit like uh, what they've done in Syria with the coast, where that looks new. It's exactly the same. It, it's it, I, To put it in a layperson's terms, the way I describe it is if you cast your mind back to other flight simulator days, uh, when Orbix sort of released their scenery apart from the block standard, it's that, it, it makes that much of a difference. It's not like anything you've seen in DCS so far. Interesting. Is there like a cool documentary that you guys can recommend for people to watch? Like for myself? Off the top of my head, no, because pretty much every, as long as you don't go down the conflict side, because it's it'll be very very limited, but the climate wise is it's strange and there's so many. It's got its own little microclimates. I mean, just for example, there's about 273 different types of plant that's <laughs> just native to the Falklands. Hmm. That's cool. It, it it's strange. It really, it really is weird. Yeah, with reference to trees as well. Well, there seem to be a, so a few of the screenshots that we, we put out have trees in. Um, now, there are trees, <laughs> but they're not native to the Falklands. Um, they have actually tried to grow trees there. And a couple of the pictures online is where, because there's a constant, roughly about a 20 knot wind constant, um, mm. if I remember rightly. Um, and the trees kind of grow sideways, <laughs> which is quite funny. But yeah, I don't think most people there. I don't think most people understand like how how far south the Falklands Islands really are. I mean, that's it's, it's a bit of a haul down there. There's a there's a great um video if you're interested in the Falklands War, particularly how it began with the um uh I, I don't remember. I think it was the Operations Room. The guy does a YouTube channel called The Operations Room. Yeah, it's a great there's a video. It's like 15 minutes long. And it's about the British bombing the airfield down there prior to the Navy showing up. And it was basically two bombers launched with like 15 in-flight refueling aircraft because they would have to keep refueling each other to get the bombers there. And of course, one of the bombers breaks like right after takeoff. So it's one bomber going down there with all these refuelers. They get into a storm. Like it's this huge, like 12 hour flight just to go down there and drop one load of bombs onto this runway. And like two of the bombs actually hit. It's, it's insane. But the Falklands war is just really fascinating just because it's, it, it sort of has this sort of world war two, you know, Pacific theater motif, but with this a little bit more modern technology, you know, cold war era type stuff that's used and, but uh, yeah. but yeah, then you just look at a map and you just see how how isolated it is. I mean, it's relatively close to South America, but it's just way down there. And so yeah, when you're talking about being cold and, and windy, it, it makes sense. Casper, the, the mission you just described, this is going to be a full campaign I'm going to make. <laughs> you just have to refuel over and over and over. <laughs> you will need a bomb map for do that. To do that. Mission one, refueling. Mission two, yeah. refueling. Oh my god! It's, it's a nuts thing, though. If you if you can find that operations room, it is absolutely wild to watch. Oh, it's a great channel. I, I them. They have absolutely amazing uh, videos. Yeah, and he really uh, devotes a lot of time to it. Yeah. I like his storms videos. They mm. one, they two, air campaign, ground campaign, really good. Yep. Yeah. No, I was just curious, like what a real perspective was from. Uh... Ripper, so thanks for sharing your experience. Yeah, no problem. As, as Kasmus said, looking through the questions we got from the community, it, it looks like we've covered most of it, uh, at least the ones on Falklands themselves. There was an interesting question, though, about possibility of, of getting some of those handcrafted parts of the map, like buildings, etc., and other stuff, whether it would be possible to add them as statics to DCS later on, coming with the map, so that mission builders would have more uh, possibilities to change the environment. Uh, that, that is a possibility, although that's an incredible amount of work. Um, as I explained earlier, the difference between what uh, a building in the map has is completely different to an EDM. Um, as we all know, that the you know the planes and the the, the mods people make they're all EDMs. Um, so you would have 
one texture set for the the textures essentially um whereas i would have to redo all of that and then retexture them by hand but there mm -hmm. is a possibility of that but um i mean what we're trying to do i mean I, when i when i generate for instance the stanley area i will i will well i, I wasn't able to do this but uh, through painstaking investigations through facebook and everybody else um, there's no Google Street View in, in uh, the Falklands because they haven't been there yet, <laughs> which is really a struggle to find information. Um, but like if you go to uh, the, the pubs there, so I've modeled the pub and it's, it's, it's an exact representation of the pub in exactly the same location. So uh, same as Mare Harbour. Mare Harbour is exact as I can get it. Um, every building should be virtually identical to what I could actually find out. And there's also some other, let's say, landmarks, uh, interesting things you could find on the map. Uh, anything you can share about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we have the Lady Elizabeth, um, uh, the, the shipwreck there. So you can, that's uh, in the Stanley Bay. You can go and fly around there. We have MPA, uh, the main, the main hangar building's quite iconic um, there. Um, there will be some interesting stuff um, across in Argentina, Chile side. Um, the Ushuaia Terminal is quite an architectural wonder. It's a bloody nightmare to UV, but it's an architectural wonder. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and make it as 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 realistic as as we can um, with the information that we can get um yeah so i mean it's it's all about the the immersion for for people you know and as i mentioned earlier i'm a helicopter guy so you know i'm really looking forward to uh the mi24 coming out um and the the kiowa um but i mean it's just going to be we, we fly helicopters there so ripper's in his huey and i'm in my gazelle and we just head off you know and it's we try and pack, you know, SAM sites and stuff, and it's it's got such a diverse terrain that you, you, for one minute you'll be on a flat plain, the next minute you'll be in amongst the hills, and you've got a lot of cover, a lot of scope to creep round and try and and try and take targets out because they can't see you because you're you're using the terrain to the best of, uh, to take advantage of that, you know. Yeah. Well, as the the helicopter guy here, I you know I appreciate that, and I appreciate that with with some of the newer maps. You know, the Syria map I think is great, but um, it's just good to see that direction being taken because you can get away with a lot when you're just focused on the jet guys, right? Because you don't need the map to look all that great. You know, hence the parts in the Persian Gulf that are just not really there because the jet guys aren't going to notice it. But uh, but it, it's good. And I appreciate that the, the attention is being taken to, to have that detail that you can see down low. So that's good stuff. Yeah, agreed. I know you are aware that we already have a new solely devoted to Chopper's team. We're developing a series of Chopper's. Uh, yeah, well, starting... since you brought it up, I was going to ask about that. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, blame me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, what can you tell us about y'all's plans with the, the BO-105? Yeah, well, uh, as you know, the BO-105 is a, it's a joint venture with Miltech. And uh, right now, the, the work on, on part of the coding while we wait for some of the TDR to be done is being done as it is right now. And I think that I probably will be the first one to see the day of light, the light of day out from Rasla. But there are, my intentions are to make the Sea King flyable as a full-fledged model. I'm not, not going to say which one is the Sea King model, but I have two, three more I can speak freely right now. But we have uh, quite a lineup for choppers to plan to come out. Uh, I have one I promise uh, 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 Clark that I will do. It's a pro personal promise for him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you will see choppers coming from us. Okay. But you got you gotta keep in mind that uh, as I said before, we have to work by the guidelines set up by Eagle Dynamics sure. about what they can be developed without uh, stepping on each other's toes. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of I don't want to say politics, but there's a lot of backroom stuff that, that's got to go on as far as licensing and, and everything. So, yeah, I, I totally get that. 
Well, the thing is that, uh, well, DCS is actually, well, I'm going to say the G game. It's actually a game. It can be seen as a game. It does have a professional side of it. So uh, things have to be done very carefully and very professionally. Sure. In not just the R, how you replicate things for a simulator, but the way you deal with licenses and information regarding very actual planes. So something it's a very thin line we have to walk and we have to you know i know i know people for instance say oh i have the, the harrier natops and they say that this thing does that and your plane doesn't do it in the sim yeah hello we can't put it in the sim <laughs> yeah. and, and it's not because we cannot do it it's because you simply can't the harrier is a pretty much very active plane used by the marines corps and Spain and Italy and some stuff that we simply cannot replicate now because we don't want, because we can't. And it's not just us. You can ask anybody in Eagle Dynamics if they are free to speak about it. That goes for the Hornet, goes for the Viper, goes for what really happened with HTE, goes for the HNC2. Uh, uh, it happens. I mean, this is a very fine line we have to walk. And some stuff that we simply cannot do it doesn't matter. Whenever you, whatever you found a manual, a NATO, a pilot guy, whatever you want to call it, saying, oh, the plane does this, it doesn't matter if it's right there. If we cannot replicate it because there are some lines, some, some rules about it, we simply cannot do it. We have to do it in a way right. that looks familiar or as, as close as possible. And like I said, right. it goes for right. everyone in this business. I mean, when you're creating a plane that's already being phased out, and it's not interest for anyone. Uh, okay, you have probably you have uh, more room to play around. But when you're right. creating planes, pretty much in use, but not just not just the U.S. Uh, some other some other uh, air forces, you have to uh, uh, walk by the rules and and pay attention to the stuff that you simply cannot put there. Doesn't matter if you know it works like that. Doesn't matter if you have the Bible of the plane that says that this thing works this way. It doesn't matter because I really don't care how you got it. But the thing is that you cannot put it in a simulator or a game or whatever you want to call it. You simply can't. Sure, right. Uh, right. in our case, Rasban, uh, we do have, uh, as you know, uh, French Air Force is using our garage and, 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 and the international Tucano, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> will be used. It's Primarily being converted is being in training tools, and then will be, be can be can be used in a commercial venture like DCS. But uh, uh, there is stuff there that 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 you simply uh, cannot put for the general use. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you have the manual; you simply can't. And if we want to, if well, Rasman as well want to keep moving in the professional world. Uh, uh, you simply cannot do it just, just because it's your name as a company in this case my name as a company and the team that I represent because it's my name up there but I have a big team behind and they are really, they are really the true artists and, and geniuses behind it uh, uh, I have to play by the rules these are the rules I mean somebody doesn't like it I'm sorry this is how it is and, and that's just me. Everybody and everybody, absolutely everybody in this business, in this creating third-party license products for DCS in biodynamics, have to go by that rule. Doesn't matter how you word it, because you can go to any forum and say, "Oh yeah, we can do this, that," and you start, you probably replicate whatever it is in the manual, and you say, "Oh my God, amazing how they do this!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter if you put it that way. At the end of the day, it simply cannot be done the way it worked. Yeah, certainly there's rules in place that, that have to be followed to, for one thing, for licensing, but two, just for the legal you know, ramifications of it and, and, and national security, <laughs> quite frankly. So, yeah. you, 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 you put the nail, yeah. you need the nail, national security, not just for the U.S., for everybody okay. using this plane. Okay. So uh, sure, some, some guys decide to make planes that are no longer used or being or being phased out. But we go with the current flow of planes that are being used, still being used, because part of my business is creating training tools. So mm -hmm. uh, 
that's how to put it. So uh, 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 I know you're gonna. I'm pretty sure you're gonna be asking about the support to Cano. That that's exactly what's going on with support to Cano right now, for instance, uh, or the FTTE Star Eagle. These are planes. Are FTTE Star Eagle is pretty much the spearhead of the United States Air Force uh, interdiction force. Mm. And the A-29 Supertucano is right now the cutting edge in turboprop combat aircraft. And they do have information that simply cannot be put out for the public. Doesn't matter if you have the manual. I really don't care if you have the manual. Eagle Dynamics doesn't care if you have the manual. But we're going to see in the plane, it's going to be a replication as close as possible and legally as possible of the actual plane. Mm-hmm. But there are some boundaries we simply cannot cross. Sure. Good that you came up with this, because as you can expect, we had quite a few questions about both uh, F-15 Eagle, Super Tucano, and uh, the MiG-23. So any updates on the development process on those? Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, which one do you want me to start? Okay, let's start with the F-15 Eagle, what I think is what everybody is expecting and dying to hear from. I don't know if you follow my Discord, the Rasmus Discord. Uh, yesterday, I put yeah, it was yesterday I put a comment saying that we broke the plane, and everybody was oh my god, the 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 project is dead, whatever. It's pretty funny, <laughs> but uh, what I meant with the break the plane is that I was talking with Tim, he's the chief developer, and I said, hey guy, dude, I need some pics to show the people. And I say I can't, I broke the plane. But <laughs> he meant that he actually since he's doing the texture art and, and he simply. Uh, open it up, <laughs> split up to do it, so there were no new pictures. So I said, okay, we broke the plane. I didn't imagine it would create such a stir in this course. People think that for it is canceled, it's dead, whatever. No, it's not like that. Hmm. It's just technically bingo. So uh, right now, uh, as you may know, uh, we are just finishing what's left and creating new stuff for the hair and Mirage. And there are, there are a lot of new updates for these two aircraft that's coming with, with DCS 2.7. Uh, fixes, new new uh, features. Because uh, we are we uh, just add all the latest features. Not all, but most of the latest features the current night attack Harry has. And also uh, fixing, updating, and enhancing some functionality in the Mirage. Uh, all that will be available in 2.7. Uh, of course, probably some bugs will come. But since that is going on around the coding department with those two aircraft, what we have decided is to finish the R15E so uh, coding into the aircraft can go pretty smooth uh, in the production line. And right now, we're just waiting for the R to be done. Uh, it shouldn't take that long. The steering mode is pretty much much complete in a way that if I if if if, if we will release it in one week I'll say okay you can do it it's not gonna happen don't get it's not gonna happen but that's how good the steel model how far the steel model is the cockpit uh, it's to be worked on as you know uh, well maybe you don't know him but Tim Taylor who is the tree developer is very picky when he puts out so he's always enhancing and getting things better for the plane. So it's taking his time, which uh, which really doesn't uh, uh, impact on the doesn't give an impact on the uh, schedule of the plane because, like I said, we were just finishing what, what was left for the Harry and Mirage and MiG-19, and uh, pretty much on the schedule. I don't like to give uh, release dates because it can be before, it can be after, but you can rest assured that it's on our development schedule. We are online. Uh, goals are being met and, and, and it will be available in the time we think. It, I mean, it will be ready when we are. We already think it will. We're going to make 23. The make 23 had a problem. Uh, you know, uh, these things are being created by people. And COVID-19 really hit some of us hard. And the developer was hit by part of the tragedy. Thank God nobody died, but he this particularly problem with him actually delays on the GDR 
which is getting back, which he is getting back into online with that. And we have all the information ready to be coded into. So uh, since it might feel like it, there's no news in the MiG-23, uh, the real is that the reality is that it's the 3D model is pretty much advanced. Information for coding is 100% ready. That means that uh, once you get into coding phase, it will be probably faster to code than the F-15E or the Harrier or even what the Mirage was. Basically because it's a, I, I don't like to use the word simple, but it's a simpler aircraft than the other, the other ones. And, or maybe it's not that complex. So uh, the fact that you don't see anything new on it doesn't mean it's not being developed. And uh, the, uh, the Super Tucano, the Super Tucano, that's something that been worked within Air Force. So while I'm not that free to talk about it until I'm released to talk about it, I can tell you that uh, my plans are that it will be hopefully uh, after it's released from the main customer by the end of this year. Mm. And DBO 105, I said that before, uh, uh, part of the coding process is, is already begun. It does have its own coding department. There's nothing to do with the guys working on the aircraft, the jets, or the Sputcano. So it has its own its own schedules, and we are on track. I would like to say more, but but uh, I don't want to create too much of a hype yeah. before the actual hype should happen. No, it's a good choice. You don't want to pre-hype the hype. Or <laughs> hype the hype. Yeah, well, uh, speaking about hype, uh, and probably both to Clark and Ron. Um, after the Falklands, with all the experience gained, and with ED probably not being very keen on doing, as from what we heard, the Vietnam map, would you be willing to tackle it in the future? Well, um, uh, if you ask me, I will say why not, but. There's some stuff that has to be discussed with with Clark and ED, and if it's available and stuff like that. But I think that Clark should answer the technical part of it. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely look at doing another map because I I kind of uh, were glutton for punishment, to be fair. <laughs> um, I mean, people probably don't realize, but quite a few quite a few of us developers have got uh, day jobs, so we work sort of nine to five or eight to four and then pretty much spend the rest of our lives doing stuff for DCS like I do. And it's pretty much been a, a passion of mine for the last two years. Um, pretty much every evening, every weekend. Um, I keep getting it in the neck from the missus telling me I'm always in my room. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's a passion. And, you know, you either love doing it or you don't. And, uh, yeah, I, I love doing it. And I, I'm certainly... You know, if if Ron uh, wants to do that, well, we can certainly look at doing another map. Yeah, well, uh, uh, I, I don't say that I have the, the door closed. But uh, it's actually not just for me to decide. It's something I have to talk with the team and then uh, discuss with the dynamics about the availability and all the proper channels that have to be gone through before we can announce a new map. After we release the Falcon Smart. Well, let's hope that it happens. I think this is a very, uh, I mean, the players really expect that one to happen. I think there's a lot of people that would like to have it in DCS at some point. Mm -hmm. I would really. I, like think that, I think that the Vietnam map, uh, in this case, Southeast, Southeast Asia map, with Clark going and wrong, should be more complicated than the Falcon Smart. Mm. I think that that's a good uh, a good point with uh, Ed suggesting that we just did a, like an island uh, originally to uh, to get our teeth into it, sort of to get our uh, feet, you know find our feet with the TDK and the processes and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I think we've certainly done that. So I think a, a more challenging project would be quite good. Well, let's hope it happens. They're absolutely. No assets for South Asia, so it's Asia map currently. Or aircraft or stuff. Well, there's none none for this for the Falcons too, but 
Vietnam will be more, we need a lot more aircraft to be developed. Yeah, that's that's true. We have Huey, but that's basically it, right? Yeah. And MiG-19. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, it's not the same version, but you can use it. Hmm. All right. Um, just explaining to questions. Oh, there's one about the naval, just to be sure that we covered everything that we were asked. Uh, about the naval assets damage, but I, I understand this is on ED side. I mean, how it's being, there's nothing you can do about it, how it's modeled, right? I mean, what, what, whatever ED's uh, policy is, or if they, if they have, uh, you know, availability for a 15 hitbox uh, on, a, on, a, on a ship, then that's how it will be done from us. So we, we do it to whatever ED standards are. I think, I mean, I think that's mostly it from my side. You guys have any more questions or some things you'd still like to mention about the Falklands and the projects? I would just like to um, to mention um, that, uh, you know, some, some of these guys don't get a mention, but uh, there's uh, Nick uh, at ED who provides us with support. And one, one guy that needs a special mention is Sergey. Um, absolutely fantastic guy. He leads up the development of the TDK and there's nothing that that guy won't do for you or try to do for you or try to give you the information. Uh, so I'd just like to, you know, create a shout out to those guys and say thank you very much for your support over the last two years. It's been very much appreciated. All right. And thank you very much for your time and sorry for the technical problems at the beginning. We had good fun. Uh, and well, thanks Ron for joining us and, and giving us updates also on other things than Falklands. And thanks a lot, uh, Cosmo and Kuka for being with us. Yeah, was Ron. I think we should do it more often uh, with Air Combat Sim. Yeah, whenever you want to invite me, I'll be here. Perfect. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, John. Thanks, guys. Much time. Bye Thanks for listening to Air Combat Sim. Don't forget to subscribe or tell a friend about it. You have a question, idea for an episode, or a special guest you'd like us to invite? Feel free to reach out on Facebook, Discord, or via email. Air Combat Sim was brought to you by BBR Productions. Can you, we'll delete it. Can you try to boost your mic a little bit, Ripper? Yeah, two secs. Oh, now it's fine. Maybe just get closer to it. Because the mic's oh. not used to him not talking for around these 10 minutes. Keep <laughs> <laughs> that part in. How's, <laughs> how's that? That's good. I'll, I'll add it at the end.